It's Destiny the Show 36, and the weekly update for 1.1.2 is out, outlining that Vault Space could actually be coming. Yeah, pinch me, I'm dreaming. All that and more coming up. You're listening to Destiny the Show. Welcome, Guardians. What is up, everybody, and welcome to Destiny, the show number 36. My name is BBK Dragoon, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend Diddy. How was your week? Pretty relaxing, actually. Some of my professors actually canceled class because I'm on spring break right now, and they canceled class last week because we were just going to review some tests and present some projects that I had already done, so... I basically had like a week and a half long spring break. Oh, wow. That's really cool. So does class start tomorrow or do you still have more time off? Uh, I have a little bit more time off. So the week this show goes out is my spring break week. And Excellent. And the week after that, I have to go back. Very cool. Well, we have a chock full show. So I will ask you, what did you play this week? A little bit of Destiny. Um, and uh, just about 30 minutes ago, I uh, saw a video on the League of Legends subreddit about uh, Leaguescape, which is like a mix between RuneScape and League of Legends. So I logged into my RuneScape account for the first time in like seven years, and it, my character was deleted because oh. they reset the server. So, yeah. I mean, I understand because I hadn't played it in so many freaking years, but, you know, it's kind of disappointing to see all my gear gone. Yeah, I definitely get that. I played a ton of Destiny this week. That's really all I played. Battlefield Hardline comes out later this week. I'm not really that interested, to be honest. I'm actually debating not picking it up, but I got Thorn, Bad Juju, and Red Death this week. Nice. So a, yeah, I got Red Death as well. Yeah, I hope our listeners bought it because, it, I mean, it was trending on Twitter all day, which was a fairly cool thing. So in effort to not waste time, let's get into the news. News! Time for the Bungie Weekly Update, and this time it was an update for an update, but I'm just going to summarize it real quickly. Next on their plate is patch 1.1.2, and they talk about the priorities that they are excited to explore with patch 1.1.2, but none of these are confirmed, and we don't know if any of these are going to make their way into the next patch, but this is what they're looking at. These are their priorities, so vault space, raid fixes, audio and visual, that basically means music settings, <laughs> PvP ammunition, and strikes. Now, they give a warning. Their hopes and dreams are always at the mercy of triage. The longer we support the live game, though, the more confident we feel about calling the shot. So basically, Vault Space was mentioned for the first time in forever, and if that is something that comes in 1.1.2, there'll be a lot of happy guardians. I know myself don't really care about the raid fixes or the PvP ammunition stuff or the strikes. To uh, elaborate on the strikes bit, they say, and I quote, the numbers tell us that there are some missions that are successfully completed far less than others, inspiring us to look at why people quit. Well, looking at why people quit and making adjustments to the strikes, there's a big gap in between there. I'm also excited for the audio and visual bit mentioned here because I've wanted a music slider for a very long time. I like to listen to my own music or have no music at all when I record and play games. So, Diddy, what do you think about the update? You know, it's kind of disappointing that we don't have any concrete information, but it's still nice to have some communication from the developer about, you know, what they're working on, their plans for the future. Um, And I know convention season is coming up. They can't really spoil a lot of information 
just quite yet. So um, kind of disappointed we didn't get any concrete information, but it's nice to hear their thoughts. And I'm really glad Vault Space is, was mentioned because for a couple of weeks there, no one had said anything about it. You know, we've heard Deej say a couple of weeks ago, yeah, we hear, we hear about Vault Space, but now they actually mentioned it themselves without being prompted. So that was nice. Excellent. Yep. Uh, Destiny Tracker implemented the Faction War feature. If you listened to last week's show, there was a video that a user put out um, called What If Destiny, and it talked about things that they wanted in Destiny implemented, and one of those was a really cool idea for Faction Wars in which different factions could compete with one another in PvP, and the stats were listed, so you could see if New Monarchy is doing the best in Crucible this week, or if Dead Orbit is rocking it out. Well, Destiny Tracker has implemented this feature. If you head to destinytracker.com slash destiny slash faction wars you'll find this feature all you have to do is play some pvp update your stats on the website and then it will then take those stats and put it into the faction war data it resets every week so it's really cool to see who's winning and and who's doing what awesome feature worthwhile and big shout out to destiny tracker and whoever their programmer is diddy or, or manages like the api side of like getting this information that's just so cool man and it happened like really quickly don't you think yeah, it was mentioned on Reddit, and then within a day or two, it was implemented. So Destiny Tracker's on top of it. And as we record this, New Monarchy is leading in the win percentage with a 61.6%. And that's I, my homeboys. I'm assume that's uh, Crucible stats. So Yeah, yep. Yep, there you go. I'm New Monarchy, man. I'm rank 3. I'm waiting to get rank 4. It's the red. There's something about the red. I do think Dead Orbit has the best-looking stuff, but New Monarchy's in my blood. So you showed me the Destiny Item Manager. Can you talk about this Chrome extension? This is awesome. This is a beautiful Chrome extension that is basically way better than the companion app, way better than Bungie.net in terms of transferring your gear between characters. So once you install this into Chrome, it if you're already installed on if installed, if you're already logged into Bungie.net on that computer, on that browser, the Chrome extension will recognize that and automatically log your profile in when you first open it. So you see all your gear and all your characters there. You can choose PlayStation or Xbox. Uh, for me, I have both, so I can just tab between both of them. And what you can do is you can click on an item, and then it'll give you the option to equip or store it on any one of your characters, or you can place it in the vault. So say I'm running my Hunter, and we're doing Crota's End, and we're at the final Crota room, um, and I don't have my raid boots on me. That's a bad example. I need an icebreaker, and I don't have my icebreaker on me. It's on my Titan. Normally, with the companion app, I would have to move the icebreaker to the vault and then actually physically go to the vault with my hunter to pick it up. No, that's not the case anymore. With this Chrome extension, you can actually select your icebreaker on your Titan, and then you click Equip to my hunter, and then it'll pop up on my screen in Destiny instantaneous. It's amazing. It's incredible. The UI for this is amazing. Start using this. I don't care if you're not a Chrome user. I would become a Chrome user just to use this. You can see the gear of all three characters, like you said. It's phenomenal. Thank you for sharing it with me. You can even save loadouts and have it automatically transferred. There is a, like, you can only do one transfer per second. I think that's the limit that Bungie set up, but still, incredible feature and one that should not be overlooked. So Reddit user Cray-ish or Crayish. What is he? Yeah, Krash. So I just want to make sure I got it right anyway. He tells us that don't transfer items from your vault to your character in the death countdown screen when you're in a darkness zone. So apparently he lost a piece of gear to forever darkness by transferring an item 
from his vault to his character while he was in the death countdown of a darkness zone. This seems like maybe an isolated issue because I really haven't heard of anything like this, and I bet if this guy actually contacted Bungie support, he might be able to get that item back. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had an issue when I try and pop a heavy ammo synth in the death screen, and it just disappears. Okay. Uh, but never transferring an item. So that does seem like an isolated issue. And if it occurred to him, you know, with millions of people playing Destiny, it's gonna, it's bound to happen again. So uh, this is probably an issue uh, that Bungie will need to look at if it becomes more prevalent. I wonder if Bungie has GMs. Kind of. So WoW has a similar thing. You could fill out a ticket and be contacted by a GM and they could help you through a process like that. I wonder if Guardians are going to start showing up in the tower and being Bungie employee, like fully geared out. It's all sorts of cool junk with GMs and WoW that make me excited to think if Destiny could have something like that. So I can't pronounce this guy's lead speak name. I'm just going to say it. M37H3W3. Um, can you pronounce that, Diddy? You, Hugh? Uh, Matthew? Oh, Matthew. it might be Matthew. Matthew yeah, yeah. with an E. There you go. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Matthew. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, he talks about the hiding spot for this Epic's Prime strike. He sees a lot of folks going into the room on the left as soon as they get into the strike, and especially since it was the nightfall a couple weeks ago. This is pretty prudent. There's a new hiding spot behind a railing that's kind of off. When you're looking at Sepix, I think it's out in the far left. Maybe it's in the far right. I can't remember. But It's in the far left, yeah. Yes. Right left. You have to go sure. down the ramp and then... Like, you can hide behind that ramp. Yeah, and you can shoot Sepix, no issue, and then you just have to kill the Fallen on the floor, right? You actually don't have to worry about the ads at all. Oh, if you have an oh. armor-piercing sniper rifle, you can actually shoot through that grate. Um, oh. Uh, well, don't quote me on that. It I think worked you for can. me. Yeah. But, you know, there might be an area where you can't do it. But it's actually pretty easy. Yep. I like learning these. I'm running Nightfalls now, just like you. We're doing solo stuff with the Nightfalls. And it's interesting to catalog these in our brain because we know it's going to come up again, at least before whenever the next expansion is. So our good friend Epos Fox put out a video for his top eight wants in Destiny. And I thought it was a good uh, thing to talk about here. It's a cool video. You should check it out. It's on our show notes. But what, Diddy, are your top three wants? Just off the the bat. I know we've mentioned it here on the show before, but mine keeps changing. So I want to hear yours. Well, just to reiterate, my, I don't think mine have changed at all. I do want an in-game clan interface so I can uh, invite some clan mates. Uh, no offense to the clan. I mean, I can't add every single person, you know, uh, but I would like to have some type of clan interface there. Um, uh, they already implemented the faction rep that I wanted uh, where you can see it in your menu. So that's one of my wants fulfilled. And then audio settings, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. I think the clan interface one almost makes my list, but I want vault space audio settings and an in-game LFG. I want in-game LFG, not just an in-game raid LFG. I want an LFG that you could select to do any activity that you could really think of or just party up with folks. I think it would be a good way to get people together. Third-party services, there's some amazing ones out there, but I don't care. I want to see it in-game. So, on to the topic. Please, Guardians, let me help. If you come looking for wise words, I shall try, but I ask you to turn them to action. So this week's topic, we are talking about the arena, which is the upcoming raid in House of Wolves, or at least that's what we think it's called so far. Diddy, you know a bit about the lore surrounding the arena, and I'd like to hear where you want to take the discussion regarding the upcoming raid. All right, so I just started diving into the lore so what i say might not be 100 percent accurate i've watched a lot of sir wallen's videos i've been reading some of the grimoire cards relating to the fallen because um, in the next couple weeks 
I want to hype myself up even more for House of Wolves, and House of Wolves is going to revolve around the Fallen and the Queen and the the Awoken in the Reef. Um, so I just want to learn as much as I can about that section of the Destiny lore. So uh, I was reading up on the Fallen, and as you may or may not know, the House of Wolves refers to a group of Fallen. So there's the House of Devils, like the Devil's Lair Strike with Sepix Prime. And there is also, let me see, House of Devils, House of Exile, which are located on the moon, House of Kings, located on Earth, House of Winter on the Venus, like the Winter's Run Strike with the Archon Priest, and then the House of Wolves, which are located in the Reef. Now, before we get into theorizing about the arena raid coming up with House of Wolves, I kind of want to talk a little bit about about the background of the Fallen and the lore. So... The Fallen are a race, they're very militaristic, they have a hierarchy, and they kind of have this honor-based system um, around their being, their hierarchy. So obviously we're going to go from the lowest ranking members are going to be the dregs. The shanks are just like robots, they're kind of like pets that just fly around, they're not really at a certain level, but you can consider them as the lowest ranking uh, members of the fallen society, or at least the military. So we have dregs, and then above them are going to be the vandals, and then above them are going to be the captains, and then kind of diagonally above them, not really higher than the captains, uh, more along the same level, are the barons, which we um, don't really know too much about. We kill a few barons here and there uh, throughout story missions and strikes or whatever. And then we have servitors, and then we have... um, on the highest level, not the highest, I guess not the highest, but the second to highest, we have the Archon and the Kel. So the Archons are high priests of the Fallen, serving as intermediaries between um, servitors and Kells of each individual house. And um, and then the Kel are the leaders of Fallen Houses, basically they're military leaders. So Kel and Archons are the highest members of the Fallen system society mm-hmm. except for the high servitors the high servitors are like their gods oh um, that's the best example i can i can say is sepix um, like a high servitor yeah sepix prime is the prime servitor of the house of devils mm. so um that's actually the best example uh of a dis- that's actually the best description of what a high servitor or a prime servitor is. When you first walk into the Sepix Prime boss fight in that room, he's kind of like giving the fallen around him energy. Yeah. And you can kind of see those uh, those tethers to the fallen around him. And they're kind of just sitting there worshiping the prime servitor or the high servitor. And so that's what, that's the best example of what the high servitor means to the fallen they're basically their god they provide a life life source for the fallen and um, the archon is the priest which um, communicates between the high servitor and the rest of the fallen Mm -hmm. and then the kel is just the military leader um, of the fallen it's starting to make more sense sense? yeah it totally makes sense like archon priest like all these things are starting to click together so this is cool where we yeah. yeah I know someone's going to correct me if I'm wrong on Twitter, so please do, because I don't want to give misinformation about Destiny's lore, because this is, after reading about this, it's super interesting. So, moving on, uh, we kind of, in no mention in the Fallen lore, um, 
Nah, I'm not going to say that. So let's go into the House of Wolves. They are related to the Queen. The House of Wolves is a house located in the Reef, where they operate as royal guards of the Queen. They can be seen standing beside the Queen's throne, protecting her from the Guardian when she speaks. We see that cutscene in the Reef. Um, and this house's color is teal. So now we enter speculation about the Fallen and the arena raid in House of Wolves. Let it begin. Okay. So we know that the Fallen have um, like an honor-bound society almost where um, you have to prove your worth and prove that you're honorable to move up in rank in the Fallen. So say a dreg wants to become a, a vandal or a captain. He has to prove his worth as an honorable leader um, and a combatant to move up in rank. Yes. Makes sense. I you, mean, when we did the reef, or excuse me, not the reef, <laughs> when we went to the reef for the first time in the story mode, what did we actually have to do? We had to prove ourselves to the queen. We actually had to go get the eye of the gate lord and show them that we could take down the totally unimpressive thing that was a gate lord. Exactly. And what do you think of when you hear the arena? Oh, gladiator stuff. Gladiators, totally. right? Yeah. You know, proving their military strength, you yep. know? Yep. So, and don't forget that we owe the queen something. Yes, we do. In terms of the storyline for Destiny. Now, um, in terms of quests and storylines, story missions for the House of Wolves DLC, that's probably what that's going to expand on. But the arena raid specifically... I think, you know, we're going to have six guardians jumping into the arena. The queen is testing her fallen military leaders against guardians. Oh, I love it. I love it. And you would just do waves and waves and waves of just fallen enemies getting tougher and tougher. Um, kind of like if any of you played Fable or Fable Anniversary, there's the arena mission in which you kill all the different enemies and you become the arena champion. Like, that's what I want. I just want to be in a ring and just fight wave and wave and wave of enemy. And maybe the arena changes with different levels, different yeah. scenery, stuff like that. Hunger Games uh, type stuff, dude. Yeah, Hunger Games type stuff almost. Yep. And that's that's what I think it's going to be. And uh, kind of theorizing just a little bit more, I don't think that the Fallen are voluntarily protecting the queen. Yeah. I think the queen has enslaved the fallen of the House of Wolves, and she's kind of like taken over the House of Wolves. Mm. That's my opinion. I think the queen uh, defeated the Kell of the House of Wolves, and she took that place, and she now commands the House of Wolves. It would make sense and, because it's like you said, it's how it works in their military. Like the power breakdown you have to slay and prove yourself and if you do then you become the new ruler of that society i wouldn't disagree at all i want to see a jump puzzle that's the minor thing i want to add to this <laughs> i loved the jump puzzle in vault of glass overall I, I liked vault of glass more than crota's end by the way we did crota's end this week last night diddy we were doing crota's end hard mode with five people we got crota to less than like it was one sword hit left and we wiped and then oh, everybody had to that get That blows. Yeah, but <laughs> oh, Arena, it gets me excited. Uh, that's really cool. Thank you for like... So what What do you think of... Do you think the Fallen will perish in this arena? Or do you think this is just a test in which 
they don't get to advance upwards. You know what I'm saying? Where it's almost like this war games type scenario. Yeah, there was a post on Reddit theorizing about what the arena raid would be. And uh, I read it, but it didn't have any influence of my theory that I just explained. But that post kind of introduced the idea that a House of Wolves rebellion against the Queen would take place. Oh, So that kind of got me thinking, the Queen knows about this rebellion and she wants to eliminate high-ranking military officers, so she throws them in the arena against these Guardians because she knows the Guardians are just going to wipe them out. Yeah. And if they don't, she still wins. Yeah, and she's kind of just getting rid of the fallen oppression or like opposition by just throwing them against the Guardians. Very cool. This gets me super excited, man. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't even know, like... That's just a theory. I'd really like to hear what our listeners think about um, what I've said. If I, if anything I said is wrong, please correct me because I don't want to be wrong about this kind of stuff. Because just reading into the lore, I'm like I'm on the Wikipedia, the Destiny Wikipedia page for the Fallen, and it's just it's such an interesting read. It's like, okay, this all makes sense now. I understand who Axor the Archon Priest is for the House of Winter. I know like. Why was he in the Prison of Elders? What is the Prison of Elders? I, mean, like, I need to start reading into that kind of stuff. It's just interesting. How long until the first Destiny book? Oh, man. It, not long. Not short enough. Yeah. It needs to be here now. Excellent. Well, I think we have a super good advice from Sassy talking about the most effective farming methods for Glimmer, Engram's coins, moats, and exotics. G'day, guys. Sassy here bringing you another dose of Sassy's super good advice. This week I'll be going over the best methods of farming pretty much anything from Glimmer, Marks, Engrams, Reputation, Strange Coins, and Motes of Light. I'll also give you some information on my own montage series and my newest edit, Rolling Waves. But we'll save that for later, let's talk farming. The most common form of farming Engrams is that of something known as a loot cave. Basically, a loot cave is an area of which enemies will consistently spawn out of a low amount of time. Simply shoot the enemies running out, wait a few seconds, then rinse and repeat. Easy engrams, right? Actually, no. See, Loot Cave may be beneficial to those on lower levels who aren't able to do the higher level strike playlists like Tiger or Rock, but for those who are able to take part in those strikes and still think shooting in a hole for an hour or so is more beneficial, you're sorely missing out. The Vanguard Rock strike playlist is pretty much the fastest method of attaining engrams, as well as chunking you about 1k glimmer per strike with the approach of appropriate consumable on, as well as some vanguard marks and reputation towards the faction of your choice. Each strike can be completed in about 10 to 15 minutes at a casual rate, and around 10 minutes if you're only fighting the fights that you have to. Vanguard rock strikes guarantee you at least one blue engram or higher upon completion, not including the engrams that you receive as strike rewards or engrams that you pick up along the way. For those wanting to farm cryptarch ranks, class specific materials or a bit of everything, Vanguard Rock Strike Playlist has got you covered. Glimmer is quickly becoming, in my opinion, one of the most annoying resources required in Destiny, with its low amount cap and high expenditure required when you actually want to buy something. Having said that, obtaining decent amounts of Glimmer can be done in one of two methods. The most common and easiest is to simply load up the first Marsh Mission Exclusion Zone on a yellow tier difficulty and go to the first firefight and chuck on some Reed Supply Coast and go to town on the Cabal leaving one lonely little phalanx to kill you so you can rinse and repeat the message until you have enough glimmer to buy anything that you want. This method is easy, mindless, and if you got the codes, will let you about 700 or so glimmer with each run. 
The other method is more specific, but will rack you up more glimmer in the long run, and is to take advantage of the gatekeeper checkpoint within the vaults of glass. At this checkpoint, the one before the Atheon fight, all Vex will give you rewards with glimmer if you have the consumable on, unlike any other parts within the raid. Therefore, just load up the checkpoint, kill all those pesky yellow by enemies, hurl yourself off the edge, and go at it again. I find this method is more efficient, and since I've ran the Vault of Glass a couple of times or more, I've got plenty of Vex consumables in my inventory to keep me going for a long time. The choice is yours, but in the end, the Cabal is the easiest one, as you don't have to wait for a specific checkpoint. Now, for those wishing to grind out reputation points or vanguard marks, the most efficient method you could ask for is to run something called public events. For this, I recommend loading something like destinypublicevents.com and simply following the public events around other patrol areas of your choice, or if you want to go super speedy, switch from patrol area to patrol area following the events that are on the website. Each public event completed with a gold achievement rating will reward you with reputation, marks, and some XP. Tie these in with some local patrol bounties, and this is the fastest way of obtaining reputation bar bounties. Just load up the patrol, find a public event, and start earning your reputation. Easy as that. Lastly, Letch took strange coins and motes of light. Unfortunately, there is no guaranteed way of farming modes of light and strange coins, apart from the most that rewarded you with every prestige of XP, and the 9 coins available every single week upon completion of the weekly heroic strike on level 30 difficulty. However, if you choose to play again the Vanguard Rock Strikes, you can maximise your chances on receiving both strange coins and most of light within the blue engrams that you receive upon completion. Unfortunately, that's the best advice I can give you, and although some bounties like the Cleansing Bounty Aris Morn offers occasionally, which awards you with three motes of light, there is no surefire way to consistently rack up these two items. You simply have to grind it out. So that's it, Guardians, the best way of farming your materials, glimmer, or reputation. I hope you enjoyed my little segment. Also, for those who are interested, I've released this week's montage series, Rolling Waves, whose link will be in the show notes below. This montage consists of some nice red death plays and a few golden gun breaker kills and one prevailed unbroken. I hope you enjoy. If you have any Destiny-related questions, please feel free to send them to me on my Twitter, at I-M-S-A-S-S-S-I, or email them to destinytheshow at gmail.com. That's it from me for this week, Guardians. Take care. Thank you, Sassy, for that super good advice. It's time for... It came from Twitter! So for this week's It Came From Twitter, we're doing a little bit different. We're going to read most of your tweets. Um, Diddy had tweeted out a couple of topics that he had overwhelming response from. You guys are awesome. And he's going to summarize what the general consensus was since we got so many. And we don't really want to do a 15-minute It Came From Twitter. So I'm going to scroll back to last week at AJC2191. Just started listening uh, as far back as I could, and that was episode 15, Mythoclass, Buff, and Baby Bumpers. Love your suggestions. Glad to see that some of your predictions came true. Thank you for listening, by the way, Adam. Um, you can listen to all of our episodes if you subscribe on iTunes, or you can go to our website, destinytheshow.com. That's the one thing when you are not a subscriber to a podcast on iTunes, you're only going to see a certain amount of those podcasts in the list. You're not going to see every one since the start of time. You have to subscribe to see that stuff. Same thing with actually seeing the show, like the time it comes out on iTunes. If you're a subscriber, you'll see it. If you're not a subscriber, it won't show up in the iTunes store uh, for 24 hours. That iTunes store only updates on a very slow basis. So, at Destiny Tracker, congratulations to Destiny the Show for hitting 150,000 listens on their podcasts uh, just on iTunes. Hashtag moving on up. Thank you, Destiny Tracker. I didn't even know we did that. Thank you, listeners. <laughs> 
Uh, at J Classic says, TFWPKY equals the fall will probably kill you. It's a quote from Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid mu- movie. HOC equals Hunger of Crota. That's right. Did you know Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid was actually filmed very close to where I'm at right now? Cool story, bro. Optic Nerve Explode says, You read my tweet, but my sarcasm was a fail. They should fix some glitches before bringing us new content. Sorry for the sarcasm. I didn't pick up on it. At Epos Vox, Just as I thought I was ready for a break, Destiny the Show got me back on the hype. I know what I'm doing after class. I'll go study Epos. All right. At Cat Stash says, Something, an acronym, I don't know. This is the video that got me hyped for Destiny. It's worth a look back. And it's one of those old school what Destiny looked like way back years ago. Did you see the picture, Diddy, floating around of like Destiny in 2009 or whatever? (laughs) Yeah, I did. Came out from GDC, right? Oh, Yeah, I think so. That's hilarious. Yes. And then at JP says, got three no land beyonds in one day. Also, goodbye, Inferno. You will be missed. Hashtag crying inside. Send a little meme. I don't know if you've got it pulled up, did he? Yes. Sorry. No, he sent he sent a meme. It's a picture from Pirates of the Caribbean, and the uh, oh. <laughs> the ship captain's like, "You are without yeah. a doubt the worst exotic I've ever seen." And then Captain Jack Sparrow's face is a picture of no land beyond. So, knock knock. Trying to convey memes online is just a fail, or not online through voice gosh he can tell us the end of the show at spud deluxe or spoo deluxe can you give your thoughts on timmer's lash need to know if it's a bad gun or if i just can't use hand cannons great show did you're the hand cannon guy timmer's lash has the highest impact of any hand cannon i've seen but the stability and the reload speed are terrible so mm. if you can get a reroll that improves the stability and the reload speed maybe zen moment and what's it called uh, something else that incle- increases reload speed then you would have a really good hand cannon then. Maybe you would have Zen Moment with Field Scout in the tree, and then the other perk would be like, um, uh, I don't I don't know what it's called, but it's like kills with this weapon, increase reload speed for a short time. Something like that would be an ideal hand cannon, but um, it's it, two shots in the Crucible, so that's nice. Indeed. At Herencia underscore Lethal sent us a picture of him doing the body detachment glitch. We did that a lot this week, me and Sassy, and Diddy, we actually did it. I couldn't get it working for me, but I figured out the trick, so we can do that later. It's a cool picture. If you don't know Body Detachment, you could probably search it. It's a cool glitch in Destiny that has a lot of unique properties. So, At Tyler, TPA, praise on Jesus. Got to 32, Monte Carlo, Oversoul's Edict, Bistifiant, and Hawkmoon in one night. Does it get better than that? Did I read that last week? Or are our listeners just getting the best drops of all time? That's ridiculous. Both of the PS4 exclusive exotic weapons, except for Fourth Horseman, I guess. <laughs> Goodness gracious. That's ridiculous. Congrats. At AlexD336, what if you guys had a weekly segment where you gave a listener a shout out? It helped the DTS community grow. Well, that's a good idea, but we like keeping the show at 30, 35 minutes right now, and we are bumping up right against that. So as much as we'd like to do that, I, I just don't think our show's primed and fit for that right now. What do you think, Diddy? Stay tuned. There we go. Good answer. <laughs> At MT Miller 72 thanks for sharing. Didn't know this existed, and that was from Destiny Tracker shouting us out. You guys rock. At Yo Stabba Stabba, if they don't implement a kill cam after each death, I would at least like to see a final kill cam like COD. So like a final game kill, that would be pretty cool at the end of a PvP game. So 
And at M-S-A-L-A-S-24, your last podcast with Destiny the Show was very informative. And he's tweeting Planet Destiny. Great tips and breakdown of game modes. Thank you. We had a great time being on with Planet Destiny. Now, did he summarize those two tweets, man? All right. The first tweet I sent out was, what topics do you want to hear about on the next podcast? We do news mainly, but uh, is there anything in the Destiny universe you're interested in? And the majority of the responses were um, improvements to rating, PvP, clan interface, and um, speculation on the new raid. We already did that in the topic. Um, So what do you think about clan improvements, uh, raid completions, and um, PvP improvements with your clan? Like, people are not motivated enough to um, join a clan because with all the LFG sites out there, there's not really any motivation to join a clan for any specific reason. Is there anything that Bungie could do to improve that? In-game interface, man. We've been talking about it the whole time. How nice would it be if you and I could actually look and see all the DTS members who are on tonight and who want to raid? I'm always looking for people to raid, whether it's Vault of Glass or Crota's End. If it's around Tuesday through Friday, I'm trying to do that. And you've got a great feature, but it's not implemented in-game. How do you get it in-game? Well, the same way you did the um, reputation update. You just make it accessible within your menus. And maybe from a technical standpoint, that is really difficult because I'm sure the way it works on the PlayStation Network is totally different from the Xbox Live side of things. But this is the style game that Destiny is. It benefits from being played with friends. And the more they can enhance the social features, especially since we don't have an LFG, putting clan stuff in-game, do it. It improves the game. That's my two cents. Did that answer it? Yeah. Excellent. And then just moving on, the same question for in terms of factions. What's a motivation to join a faction? Gosh, right now it's just shaders and weapons, isn't it? And the shaders drop at a random rate every time you rank up your um, reputation rank with them, right? They come in those commendation packages. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Gosh. (laughs) I wish there were attainable awards that you could track down and say, (laughs) hey, it's going to take a while for you to get to new monarchy rank 10 but when you do you're guaranteed this shader i would really like more clear-cut ways for me to get rewards rather than just relying on the randomness of the drop i think randomness has an element and 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 it plays a role in this type of game but too much of a role i think it's taken to center stage what do you think yeah i mean if there's something to work towards in inside a faction then that would motivate more people but since it's just completely rng there's not really any point to try and get that kind of gear yeah and they have the groundwork for so many things with huge potential that i just i'm really i have very high expectations for comet and the future expansions because you have the building blocks in place you've given users enough experience with these ideas that they can see things very grand i want to see bungie view even more grand than what the fans are thinking and deliver on that my two cents all right and then the second tweet that i tweeted out was what do you hope House of Wolves will expand on in the Destiny universe. What will the story explain through missions slash strikes slash raids? And then I'm just going to read a few of these. I hope we get more this time around. So uh, with this DLC, I don't expect more content, but I do in- expect more in-depth story missions. Uh, with the Dark Below, the Eris missions were kind of cool. Uh, just learning about Crota, that was kind of cool. But I want to learn more about the Fallen, and that leads into our next couple tweets. I was really hoping they would explain a little bit more about the origins of the Fallen and why the Queen has some as guards. Yeah. That's, as we talked about in the speculation with the raid that we just talked about in the topic. Yes, absolutely. I want more info about the Fallen, the backgrounds, why the Queen has some as guards, like what are they doing in the Reef? 
And then max level strike playlist, obviously. We want a level 32 or a level 34 strike playlist. Maximum possible difficulty. Yeah, I'm going to cheat and just say I want to know more about the queen. That's really it. I, I already know kind of what I kind of expect from this expansion after Dark Below. I really do hope they take a good look at the loot system. Not from the, like, how things drop, but remember when Dark Below came out, we had to re-roll our exotics and just the whole material oh, farming God. process again. It's not something I want to go over. Yes, they've said it's going to be different, but I really, I'm holding my breath until I see that. So, more about the Queen, though. That's really where I'm focused. I do want to address one quick tweet from at Liam Dean Savage, and he wants to know why the show is, on average, half an hour. So... Oh, and also where our weekly challenges went. So the the reason we stick around 30 minutes is because we're primarily a news show, and that's what we really like to provide. There are amazing podcasts in this community that give huge in-depth topics and, and, and go really deep into this game. I like the position, and both me and Diddy have talked about this before, the position that Destiny of the Show is in, in which people who don't have maybe an hour and a half, two hours to sit down to listen to a whole podcast can hopefully at least stay up to date with the world of Destiny, which is changing every single week. We're on week 36. There's always stuff to talk about within destiny then keeping it nice short and sweet is appropriate for now but down the road we may have more time and opportunities to explore a longer show so and weekly challenges i just can't come up with anything creative <laughs> is that does that answer it diddy <laughs> <laughs> bounty of the week is to send us a tweet about what you think about my raid theory yes that's how you get on the wall of fame on 37 <laughs> good stuff diddy where can people find your content Twitter.com slash DiddyDTS, D-I-T-T-Y-D-T-S, and YouTube.com slash Wooshness, W-O-O-O-S-H-N-E-S-S. Excellent. You can find me at BBK Dragoon or on YouTube.com slash BBK Dragoon. Go to DestinyTheShow.com for all the links and more from today's show. Follow us at Destiny the Show. You can join our clan as well on Bungie.net. And then we are available on Twitch.tv slash Destiny the Show. We're not streaming yet, but it is something we're going to be exploring in the future. So have a great week, everybody. We really appreciate it and enjoy your time. Thank you.